Batman to Coast Guard. Batman to Coast Guard. There is a drifting submarine two miles east of Sandy Nose Lightship. It's filled with human jetsam. They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. It's a low neighborhood full of rum pots. They're used to curious sights, which they attribute to alcoholic delusions. Whoever dehydrated those pirates could not have foreseen their accidental rehydration with the heavy water we use in recharging the atomic pile. You saw it yourself, Robin. The slightest impact was sufficient to instantly reduce them to antimatter. No, Robin. No. It's not for mortals like us to tamper with the laws of nature. Let that be an object lesson in the dangers of tampering with the laws of Mother Nature. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? I'll fucking take all you want! Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Omoshiroi本と、ガシュポッドキャストの今週のエピソードへようこそ。each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bard tenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. Maishu, manga no dokusho no zattara band wa slash amateur newsatsu shiyoto manga to pair cocktail bar desu. All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. Sudete no naka ni shiyoto shite koto dewa nai yona kanryo prosesu de teno desu. ファイアウォーターワイエレファントパーティーレイヴァダナドアステップアンゲットヘルアウトオブヘアウィヴナンアドアステップアンゲットヘルアウトオブヘアウィヴナンアドアステップアンゲットヘルアウトオブヘアウ
the movie Birdcage than there are in the show, Lacage. Wait, did I do it wrong? No, I just never realized John Wayne walked that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you need a little bit of color. I mean, one does want a hint of color. We're in hell. <laughs> <laughs> There's a crucifix in it. <laughs> oh god that movie is I, so amazing i love now, that movie you said um like either last week or the week before or whatever and maybe it was in the scott pilgrim one birdcage is one of those movies where i literally will stop and watch it oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's definitely a movie where i stop and watch it was really funny because yeah. mom watched it we, I watched it with her years. Cause I, uh, being the firstborn, I was the guinea pig, so I wasn't allowed to watch like R-rated movies and stuff. And um, so, but we watched that one together. And this is way before I came out, and you know all that kind of stuff. And it's always funny. It was that movie and Two Wong Fu? But my mom would get so pissed when like someone was mean to the gay people. Like she got really upset that she thought at the beginning of the birdcage that Robin Williams was cheating on Nathan Lane with his son because he didn't know it was his son. <laughs> oh well, yeah, because like you're not supposed butter. to. Yeah. And then she got all angry about and, and But then with Tu Wong Fu, she always referred to the drag queens as she and her and this and that. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Because <laughs> that's not how you are in real life. But yeah. Um, the uh, it, but yeah, so Birdcage, me and my mom watched numerous times um, on on TV. But my mom and I went to go see Tu Wong Fu together in the movie theater. That's cool. I know. Well, I mean, but I mean, I was definitely like proto-gay, but I was, you know. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I sure. Love, oh. I, lo- I love that. Look, there are these funny little men playing leapfrog at the bottom of the bowl. More soup. <laughs> more soup. <laughs> <laughs> I do not wear shoes. They make me fall down. Wait, you forgot the <laughs> shrimps. Ah, oh, fuck the shrimps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many good lines in that movie. Anyway, hi. Apparently, we're doing a podcast. Yeah, you know. hey. <laughs> and actually, that all had a point because the uh, the actress who played uh, the little old lady uh, the old, in uh, Tu Wong Fu, she just passed away recently. I know, I saw that. <sighs> She's such a cute lady. Uh, who was who was it? The she she played the here. I, I'll I'll look mm-hmm. her up real quick. Hold on. Okay. Um, I'm looking that up. She 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 just recently passed. But uh, she 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 played like the cute little old lady in a bunch of movies around around the early Alice 90s. Alice Drummond. Yes. Was that that's not the rapping grandma from uh, Wedding Singer? No. Is that? Okay. No. I'm sure but I'll she, recognize her. She's the librarian from Ghostbusters. Oh. Uh, Ghostbusters. And she Do you have a history um, of mental illness in your family? My aunt thought she was Saint Jerome. I'd say that's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and she was Mrs. Finkel in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh, yes. Okay, that's right. I hope that, you that laces out. Rocks in hell. Yeah. Laces out. I know exactly um, what you're talking about now. Yeah. And hey, welcome to episode 37. We are uh, reading our last book in our fabulous uh, White Elephant Party. Uh, this recommendation comes from our good friend, the lovely and talented, and first to be introduced today, Todd. You think I'm lovely? Oh, of that's course. nice. You're very lovely. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, beards is not really my type, you know what I mean? But outside of that, you're very lovely. Very very kissable, very huggable. I understand Speaking why Amy loves you. About. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your beauty and your grace. You're Miss United States. You're your own little Lula. <laughs> Oh, oh, wow. And that's why that makes me proud to be an American. Okay. <laughs> I'm listeners with the assignment. I'll show you off my polka dot bikini briefs sometime. Please do. Who wears short shorts? Todd wears short shorts. Who wears short shorts? Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me. 
Weenie, it's not black and white. Polka dot it bikini. Was a bitsy teeny, bitsy weenie, teeny black weenie, and black and white. That doesn't work at all. Yep, that kind of kills it. Screeching halt. Rosemary. Dude, anyway. that's devastating to me tonight. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm working my way through the better part of a <laughs> bottle of Sailor Jerry's. Awesome. My wife is just laughing at me. Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast, drinking a bottle of Sarah Jerry's until it's all gone. Sailor. Sailor. <laughs> and the reason I'm doing that is I drank all the High West whiskey just a few weeks ago, and I'm too broke to buy more. Because yeah. that's good shit, but pricey. Thank you. Yeah. And it's Christmas time. And it's Christmas time, so I buy stuff for everybody else going, ooh, I would like this, but I'm going to give it to them instead. And, and then they won't me. appreciate it nearly as much as you would. They don't appreciate your love, man. I know I appreciate my love. <laughs> so, but I appreciate all your love as well. Um, you won't really find me anywhere else, just here. But sure. I do appreciate things. Um, Brian is out yeah. doing other things. Yes. The Adam is all over the place. So thank you, Adam, for making all of us look lazy. Because yeah. you do Q like 12 things. Well. Thank you. Yeah, you do a few things as well. Thank you for making me look lazy again. So yeah, all of you that make... Things. Sure. <laughs> but to the world that makes me look lazy, thank you. And I appreciate that. <laughs> and here we are. Next. Next. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, the uh, the queen of all things we have, Q. I mean, I really am. Like, let's be <laughs> honest. Mm. Hi, I'm Q. Um, I live in Southern Maryland, and um, uh, by the time that this airs, I will be done with hairspray. Hooray! And I will be... I, oh, I know. Hairspray? Um, do you mean uh, oh, my Christmas? God, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, Hairspray was done months ago, ladies and gents. Um, no, I'll be done with White Christmas, and um, it it will have been the most wonderfully beautiful, fantastic thing I think that I've done. Um, it really, it really is pretty. Oh my gosh, the kids make me cry every time. Um, and uh, then. After that, I'm going to be helping out with um, The Tempest, which is coming up in the spring, and then costume designing Sister Act next summer. Um, yeah, uh, but but uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. Yeah. Fantastico. Uh, Mr. Making Us All Feel Lazy, we have Adam. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's me. Uh, come see my stuff. Uh, movie reviews on Big Shiny Robot, and also on the Board as Hell podcast with our good friend Andy Wilson, Hi, who Andy. needs to come back and, Hi, and Andy. make an appearance again. Uh, let me see, this comes out the week of Christmas, right? Correct. The week after Christmas. No, it's the week of Christmas. Well, after. it's 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 the day, Christmas is like on, um, like on, it's like, the, it's between Christmas and New Year's, like Christmas is on Sunday and the New Year's is the next Sunday or something like that. Oh, so I get to see you soon. Yes, I will be out there very shortly, and yeah, we may want to talk about so, recording a live episode while I'm out there. Yeah, so yeah, I'll see you within a week, and I, uh, officially in ending my Hell Week run, uh, we're, we're dealing with returns at work, and then I'll go back to, uh, a semblance of normalcy. Hooray! Mm-hmm. Normalcy! Oh, and I would have just... I would have just seen uh, Hedvig and Angry Inch too because that's coming up. So nice, really for that one. nice. Yeah, that's I do. Me. I, I love that show so much. Trying to survive. I know it, it's, and I've I've seen the the performance before, but it was never the the touring Broadway one. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see this one, and especially in our nice new theater downtown. That place is absolutely amazing. It's it's just the most gorgeous theater I've ever been in. So. 
Cool. Uh, yeah, as, as this is coming out, yesterday was Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you all and to all a good night uh, is what I desperately need because I am tired. Hi, I am Brian. I'm still sleep deprived from my road trip uh, to go get my puppy uh, who, because of this episode, we have a... Um, my dog has a outfit, a Batman outfit, so I might post a picture of him in uh, oh response for this. Oh my god, that's adorable. It's adorable. It's so, so cute. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm sound designer in Southern California. I work in places, uh, but the thing I got coming up uh, is a, a video game called Killing, comma, My Friend. Um, and uh, you will probably hear some voices of people you hear on this podcast um, somewhere hidden in that game. Um, and uh, I'll be working on some of that stuff. So, um, anyway, since Todd, this is your recommendation, would you like to give us a little preview before we go into a drinking game and then a break? Would you like to give us the preview of what the book is about? Yes, this is Black Batman Black and White Volume 1. It's a sh- series of short stories of Batman in different times of the year, different settings, different things in that regard. They're anywhere from 6 pages to 10 pages long, and it's a great bathroom reader and one of my favorite books to visit again and again. Yes, and it's uh, it's fun because uh, if you don't like one book, well, guess what? It's only going to be another couple pages and you can read something else in about 5 seconds. It's, it's, it's almost the Reader's Digest of Batman books. It really is. So, it's a little bit of everything, and yeah, it's good. And now for sports. Banning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. And the agony of defeat. Remember, it's only a game, and a dumb one at that. The human drama of athletic competition. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Rule one, the we've heard that one already rule. Because there are several references to, like, his parents dying. And every time you see one of those, I would say, take a drink. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Rule two, the VIP rule. The mine will also get you really drunk. Every time you read the word legend or respected in the creator intros. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. And our final rule, the happy ending rule. Um, mine is easy. Every time a story ends. I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you got a night in the clink coming up. Well, fantastic. So we got a little preview. We got a little uh, drinking game. Um, and now this is the time in which we give you the opportunity to drink. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's our, our shot sound, by the way. Um, so anyway, so um, anyway, take a little second. Uh, if you haven't read it, you can pause, and uh, we will wait to the magic of modern technology. We will sit in the ether of uh, the internet and uh, just float around and just kind of chill and do whatever we do. And then when we come back, we will go uh, spoilerific on this book, um, although uh, it's kind of hard to do that, to be honest with you, because uh, <laughs> it's a lot of little plots and things like that. Um, so anyway, so uh, we will see you on the flip side if you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now press pause go ahead we'll wait do you go to pat's barbecue often because i love that place you know i used to but <clears throat> I, would, I started going to uh, R&R because they're a lot better. I like R&R. Have you been to Kaiser's? No. So on Fridays, he, it's overpriced, but he's got smoked um, prime rib. 
on Fridays. Oh it's amazing. And it's on 3rd West and about 950 South. It's in a little red brick building just past um, Target. So Kaiser's Texas style is what it is. Yeah, I do. Um, I I like to go to R and R's on Monday when they do their smoked meatloaf. Smoked meatloaf's really good, but on Fridays he's got it. And I always feel mixed feelings about this. On Saturdays, if he doesn't sell all of his prime rib, he thinly slices it, and then you can get a smoked prime rib sandwich. Oh God! And it's awesome. So, but if he's having that, it means he didn't sell all his prime rib from the day before. But. It's really, really good. But Kaiser's and it's Greg is there. Say hi and tell him I sent you. He knows who I am and my brother and my father because we go there too much. No, let him know. I'm actually, I just went to go. I'm making a bacon wrapped meatloaf for dinner tonight. I just popped in the oven. No, that's awesome. And also I would go for uh, Thanksgiving time. He does like a 25 pound turkey. He'll smoke for you. You pick up day of. He smokes it that day. For you, and it's about 60 bucks. But a pre made smoked turkey that doesn't take up your oven so you can do other things is awesome. Nice, so, yeah, I'll definitely have to check them out. Yeah, Kaiser's Third West, 950 South, Salt Lake. Go try it, it's great stuff. So, yeah, we there you go. Chips so we can get free food. Dude, I already, he, yeah, that sounds good for me because I get fat. Trails? He's really near to Trails. He's just south of Trails. He's on the west side of the street. Okay, so you see, you go to Trails and you get titty steaks. There are not titties at his place, just the steaks. And some really um, kitschy art he does. Like, you can get a um, stuffed, what's that dumb animal in Texas everyone runs over? Armadillo. Armadillo. You can get stuffed armadillos there. That's right. So, and if you're looking for that blanket where the wolf is howling at the moon, that's the place to go. Or he makes um, roosters out of sheet metal that kind of like go in your yard that's Mm -hmm. the kind of place he is so he's got a good sense of humor and he's got a thing that says we do not accept checks but it's intentionally misspelled i'm actually uh i work tomorrow so maybe i'll head over there for lunch because that's pretty close to my work so warning you're entering spoiler territory don't say i didn't warn you and we were back from our little break and our random bliss and a phone conversation a conversation about uh food apparently Um, yes so Todd advertising local haunts. So if you want to go meet Todd, go to Kaiser's and you can uh, harass the living <laughs> shit out of him in person if you want. Um, Fridays. Fridays. Prime rib Fridays. Smoked prime rib at Kaiser's Salt Lake. Eat it. I only had barbecue at one place in Texas and it wasn't very good, sadly. Well, that's your fault because there's a lot of good places there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know it's completely my fault. Well, we were driving. Like, we were so busy when we were there. It was like we came in, we did our thing, we left that when we were leaving, we like ended up hitting a place on the road and it was like, oh, it was like a family-owned thing. It says, oh, we're not, you know, franchised at all. You know, I'm like, oh, this sounds like unique and interesting. It was like, I tried a brisket sandwich. It was just mm-hmm. kind of, it was, I mean, they had no sauce. I don't know if Texas barbecue typically doesn't have any sauce on it. Um... But it was just a plain brisket, and it was okay. It wasn't amazing. You know, nothing <laughs> I'd write home about. So, I mean, is that okay. tra- is that traditional for uh, Texas brisket, is to not have sauce on it? Um, it is more of a dry rub is the Texas thing, and then you add the sauce as a secondary to your taste, because mm-hmm. who am I to tell you how you like your sauce done? Gotcha. That's your choice. So what did you think of the trees at the Alamo, though? Aren't they amazing? The trees? Did you go to the Alamo? We did, but he had a dog with us, so we didn't go inside. We just went to the outside. Oh, the tree inside the Alamo is something else. It's awesome. Oh, really? You only went to the outside. Did you go to Ripley's, believe it or not, just around the corner? Well, we walked by the outside. We had a dog with us. We couldn't go do anything. 
We basically oh, figured since the dog is from San <laughs> I know. We figured since the dog is from San Antonio, we need to see all those different items. So we we went around and we stood outside of the Alamo and said, "Okay, look, you've not been the Alamo." The poor dog was like, it never. It was raised on a farm. I mean, it's ten weeks old, and uh, it was like super overwhelmed by the city. By the time we got back to the car, it was like the whole drive home. All I wanted to do was just like sit in somebody's lap and sleep. That's all I wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's a little overwhelmed by people um, right now. I mean, like it does pretty well. A lot of the the, the dogs of this breed don't do. Um, Terribly well, they're a little bit standoffish. This dog is actually really pretty warm for the most part, um, okay. but it do, it does get a little over people after a while. You know what I mean? When it meets too many new people, like today it met my mother-in-law, which that's a challenge unto itself because, as we all know, my mom, my, my mother-in-law is a force of nature, much like her daughter. Um, and uh, I just like her ex-boyfriend because he was amazing. Oh my god, that guy! Oh, that, oh is he now ex-boyfriend? Yeah, they broke up. Oh. Oh yeah! He measured the there. length of his body part from the floor. That was still oh, yeah, that was still. Before. Have you heard that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was we, awesome. We've, we've definitely told that one on another episode. My <laughs> I loved Chris. it so much. Oh, so Sorry, awkward. Chris. Well, poor Jess, when she heard that story after that, she's like, "Where was I?" I'm like, you were getting your nails done. You were the bride. This was not your problem to deal with. But she was so horrified. <laughs> Uh, aside from the the discussion of uh, uh, C-sections um, at uh, <laughs> the the, the mother's uh, toast, there is that was also very fun. So yeah. um, anyway, so I mean, here's a question: because this is such this is so vignetti, is it mm-hmm. hey, vignetti? They're going to be playing a warp tour this year, actually. Um, oh, great. are they? Yeah. Um, vignetti. I don't know her. You don't know. Her. <laughs> I don't know her. They're also playing with abundant titties at the little fair, so. <laughs> wow! If there's a bad little fair called Abundant Titties, oh my god! I can't tell if they'd be hated or very much loved. I think it depends which way you go. I don't know. That's um, hard to well, tell. It was, it was them. It was them and Galloping Clitoris. So, really, I, yeah. I, I, I thought they'd broken up. They talk too much like, in between songs. <laughs> well, and that's hard on a festival stage because you only have a limited amount of time to get all your songs in. You do have yeah. a limited amount of time, but you know if they can be better than Blink One Eighty Two, I guess anybody can. That's true. That's very true. See the Wicked and the Divine episode for Todd's hatred of uh, of, uh, <laughs> of uh, Blink One Eight Two live. Um, hey, see, look, we can do like the, the comic books of olden times, uh, like Hugh's favorite uh, X Men books. Anyway, mm-hmm. so the question is, and I will leave this to Todd and Q to decide this, mm. because this book is so uh, has so many vignettes. Is it worth trying to do a, a summary of it? Um, I don't think so. There's yeah, too many of them. I think maybe we should just each talk about like our favorite one. That sounds fair. Um, Todd, since you recommend this book, I, I'm going to suggest you go last. All right. Um, who would like to go first? My favorite one was the one by Bruce Tim about Harvey Dent. That okay, was, that's a fun one. So that, that, <laughs> that, that one was my favorite. Um, I also did like the super weird one where... Uh, it breaks all kinds of fourth walls about. Uh, I guess it, this was the one by Neil Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. Gaiman, Gaiman, whatever his name is. Black and um, white world. Is yeah. what it's called. Uh, um, so the, so so that one that one was. Those two are good. Um, so there is one that was in the back of one of the Batman books that we read about the guy. Yes. Who, who kills Batman? It's uh, at the end of the Killing Joke, I believe. It's like the first episode we yes. did. Um, yeah, it's the, the innocent guy. It's here. It's by uh, Brian Boland. It is. Uh, it's from the end of the Killing Joke. Yeah. Um. um but uh. Yeah, the, I, I'm just gonna. Say, so, the, so my the one with 
Bruce Bruce Timms was uh, Two Face gets cured by a psychologist who who also happens to be a plastic surgeon. I mean, pretty <laughs> sweet deal. Who also <laughs> happens to have an evil twin. What? what? Dun dun dun. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was, it was that, that one was probably my favorite, and then the um, the other one was just it was just too trippy, and I was like, okay, like that that seems fun. Okay, that's that's all I'll say about that. You guys can talk about the ones that you like. Okay, uh, Adam, did did uh, Q steal yours? Do you need time to find a new one you want to talk about? Oh no, I've got another one too. That one, yeah, the the Harvey Dent one was my favorite and that actually leads into my drink which I'll go into in a second okay. um, I also like the one where you had the serial killer who was killing people like who were talking in the movies and everyone like was kind of like eh like it's not good what he's doing but we really can't blame him yeah because I mean honestly <laughs> how many times we've been like at the store and the person's in like the express lane they've got 50 items you're like god damn it yeah um so that one was really fun. Uh, like I said, the Harvey Dent one. Um, there was there was also some kind of depressing ones, like uh-huh. the uh, the one about like the the kid, the black kids killing the other kid, and find out he was a drug dealer for a different guy, and it was just kind of like, you know, we know how bad of a place like Gotham really is, but you don't always see how it just it affects like just the little people, like you know, kids and you know, just the normal everyday average people. We're always seeing like the Joker or Harley Quinn or this and that, and that one was kind of. Um, I don't know. Just almost like it. You you got to look at the the real victims and the real underbelly of of Gotham. So I like that one a lot. And then the one with the uh, the demon trumpet. Mm-hmm. That, that was a the devil. That was a cool one too. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's a, I love this book a lot because it is very much like, hey, if you don't like this, wait three pages and you'll have a new story. And it was yeah. a really great way to show off. Uh, different uh, art styles, different ways of telling stories. Um, so overall, it's if if you're a Batman fan, especially, it's a really cool because you see Batman from just many different viewpoints. Uh, and anyway, so my drink though is the Two Face, and this one's kind of hard to make because you actually you're gonna make two different uh, drinks, and you're gonna try to either drink them at the same time, or if you have a cup that like has a divider in the middle, because you want to actually have two separate alcohols on both sides. So. The left side, his good side of his face, uh, is two ounces of Prosecco, half ounce of lemon juice, half ounce of simple syrup, uh, and 1.5 ounces of peach schnapps. You stir that all together because it's kind of bubbly and pour that over ice. And then for the right side, the messed up part of his face, you're going to use 1.5 ounces of black Sambuca uh, and 1.5 ounces of bourbon whiskey. And then you either sip them both at the same time or do whatever you want. Cool. Nice. Um, so the one I want to—I was going to discuss. Like, the art's not the best. I'll be honest, but uh, I—and I, I'm probably going to steal this from Todd. To be honest with you, because I have a feeling this might be where he's going. But because uh, it's sort of Christmas themed, I went with um, a slaying song, which I kind of had never caught. Um, the use of uh, in Jingle Bells, you could turn that into a very negative thing, and I'm surprised that this is the first time I've run into a, a slaying song tonight um, as a, as sort of a, a horror thing. But basically, the the book is it's a, a an assassin who's dressing up as Santa Claus is going to sneak in the house, and of course, Batman stops the assassin just before he goes down, and then you know takes off his Batman cloak and then shows up as Santa Claus because you know what he's still. Um, you know, in disguise kind of thing. But I mean, it's it's a fun little quaint Christmas story. The art is not great. In fact, the first page kind of looks like it's drawn by a crackhead. Uh, they get a little <laughs> better. Um, 
but uh, but I thought it was fun. Like I thought it was a fun little story. I thought it was kind of cute and quaint, and um, uh, you know something fun and kind of Christmassy and Batman-ish oriented. Um, mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. I did. It was interesting to read that same story that we'd read at the end of the Killing Joke this time in black and white, um, which I, I don't know if this is the original way it was published or not. Uh, but it is kind of interesting uh, to see. I mean, it's it's basically the idea of what would happen if Batman were to die. You know, it's basically sort of a random you know person that no one knows about is the one who ends up killing him um so uh for my cocktail i kind of went because we've done a, quite a few batman books and so mm. to try desperately hard not to repeat myself because i made that sin before um and q i went back and double checked our blog to make sure i hadn't done this before um but I'm doing a basically it's a flat out it's a cocktail called the the Sherlock Holmes since Batman is a famous detective and what other famous detective can I think of but uh, the Sherlock Holmes um, and so it's a sort of a uh, it's it's a very British drink but uh, that's okay it's uh, one and a half ounces of single mox one and a half ounces of single malt scotch preferably okay I'm not gonna pronounce this right lap horeg I think L A P H R O A I G Anyone want to try on that one? Just say it like you're confident, and we'll go with that. Okay. Uh, two ounces of chilled brew lapsing t- uh, so so strong. Holy shit! Did tea. you not Google this shit before you? <laughs> did. I'm reading it right now, but I can't. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like I, I got it in front of me right now, but like, okay, lapsing I got, but then it was S O U C H. O N G laps lap song or mm-hmm. no lap saying yes su tea um, this one I can pronounce Q one ounce of honey syrup yes and uh, three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice and you fill a cocktail shaker with ice add all the remaining ingredients stir well and then double strain to a coupe glass why are you putting it into a cocktail shaker if you're going to stir it well other than I guess the, the need to, to, to double strain it but anyway um, so yeah so I think it probably just be another glass I don't think it has to be a cocktail sh- you know shaker if you don't have a cocktail shaker available fuck it just you know put another glass and stir it up live dangerously so I didn't know that we were doing cocktails so I'm gonna do my cocktail do okay. your cocktail um, so man I'm also getting drunk um, <laughs> I'm already so, there. So mine is called the Black and White Italian. Because um, I thought there was lots of mobsters, so why not be Italian? Um, uh-huh. And um, it is one large coffee ice cube. So you have to make a coffee ice cube. Mm. One ounce okay. of coffee liqueur. One ounce of vodka. Half ounce of amaretto. One ounce of half and half chilled. And a dash of cinnamon if you're feeling festive. Um, Ooh. So you put so you put that coffee ice cube in the glass, add the liqueur, vodka, and amaretto, and then slowly pour the uh, the half and half in there uh, so it's kind of layered on top. And then you just you know dash a little cinnamon because you know you're, mm-hmm. you're a fancy lady. Treat yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, you worth and, it. And uh, yeah, so it's it's black and white, you know, because it's a black and white comic book. Nobody cares. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> mm. uh, Todd, what, what, uh, which which sequence in this book uh, is your preferred sequence? You know, looking through this, well, we'll start with my drink first. Um, okay. This is called the Black Flag, Black Flag, ladies and gentlemen. So, Todd has you... been drinking because <laughs> I press this button and he drinks. Yeah, <laughs> 
Damn you, I'm Brian. A bad person. I'm bad, a bad, bad, bad person. man. So this starts with an ounce of boiling water, and then you put in a teaspoon of honey and half an ounce of molasses. And with that boiling water, you mix that shit together. And then you um, put that into a shaker with a two ounces of dark rum you shake the shit out of it and then you pour that into a glass with some ice called a black flag so it's thick and heavy and sweet and something to eat drink eat on a winter's night so it's like a dick there you go do you also measure yours from the floor <laughs> oh, sorry God, like... <laughs> I just Can love that line Obviously, this person meant what he was saying, and like we're just having fun. So it's like I, I've never got the whole like <laughs> bragging about your dick size or the lack thereof. It's like it doesn't matter. Go away. That's right. Yeah. So you know, it's, all it's in something. The of the ocean. That's what people with small dicks say. Okay. There we go. Sorry, no, all jokes. Um, no, actually, I will say my favorite sequence in this first one is Good Evening Midnight. It's by Klaus Johnson. And this is the one where you see Batman going throughout his night, and then overlaid with it is um, Alfred is reading a letter that um, Bruce's father had written for him, kind of as his hopes and dreams for his son from when he was a young child. And mm-hmm. you've got that juxtaposition of Batman in some ways being the um, absolute pinnacle of the hopes and dreams, and the other way about as far away as it is possible. So it is sweet and sentimental and a little bit bittersweet all at the same time. So as you're reading that, you see what Bruce Wayne has become to as he can be the savior of the city and how he has lost some of the things his father had wished for him. And okay. yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of bittersweet in your reading that. So um, with this book and the whole series, it's a big series of vignettes. I mean, it's called Batman Black and White because it's um, the constraint of this is they've got 10, 11 different stories in here and no color is allowed. Sometimes it's um, pointillism is used or it's like the old classic mm-hmm. um, Sunday comics kind of style. Others are a bit more I'm on crack and doing this in a hurry. And Jim Lee even does a few frames here and there. The one with Neil Gaiman is a lot of fun. It breaks the fourth walls. It shows Batman and Joker just treating it like a soap opera and an everyday gig. You've got the guys killing Batman. You've got a mother telling a story of what Batman was or what he become. become. You have another story of where the people of the idea of Batman and becoming that idea is what they're looking for. So you really have Batman and a lot of the idealism of what he can be and the idea of him versus what he actually is. Um, I've had these for a long time. I think there's four volumes now. I've got the first three. These are always good for a quick read, and it just goes to say, you've got these characters, have it be Batman or Iron Man or Spider-Man, and all these different authors go to it, and they kind of bring their own view and their take. And this does a great distillation of a bunch of people's takes on you've got this character and this certain set of circumstances, how is that going to be expressed? And you go through this and you can really find that for as dark and dreary as Batman can be, there's a lot of hopes and dreams in it as well. And I've just always really enjoyed these. So it was great. And that's why I love this story, because it just shows the broad variety of what can come from it. Cool. Yeah, that's my two cents. That's your two cents? Yeah. Are you sticking to it? 
Yeah. Okay. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It is now time for another transmission of comic book history with Professor Meyer. Uh, so yeah, I have no idea what's actually in this this volume. I've never read the black and whites. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I got it pulled up here on the old wiki, and uh, I'm just looking at the those stories and each of those first four issues that are in that trade. And it, I mean, it is just whoever whoever set this book up knocked it out of the park. I mean, you got like Brian Ball and Archie Goodwin, Denny O'Neill, Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, Matt Wagner, Klaus Janson, Neil Gaiman, Chuck Dixit. Like, I haven't read it, but I don't see how there's a bad story in any of these with who they pick. Bruce Tim did one, so yeah, no, it's uh, just blindly looking at it. I I can't imagine that there's a bad story in here. Uh, I mean, just because you have so many iconic creators and and so many creators that are associated so closely with Batman. I mean, Brian Ballin, you got the killing joke. Bruce Timm did the show, you know, showrunner on Batman the Animated Series. Like, it's gonna be a good read. Um, I mean, I don't really have much to say because I haven't read it, but just looking at it, I do need to read it because I had no idea. <laughs> now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Um, before we dive in reviews, just because we're all Christmassy, I just had a, uh, uh, I'm going to try not to repeat the mistake I made on uh, Wicked and Divine Last 2, brought up a question, but uh, Christmas presents opened on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Uh, Q. Um, so when we were growing up, it was Christmas Day, we got to open up new pajamas on Christmas Eve to go to sleep in, mm-hmm. and that was it. Oh, no, and also we used to go to um, a family friend's house, so it was whatever gift that they got us, we could open mm-hmm. up that present. Um, so then as we all, by, by about the time that Wyatt, my younger, my youngest brother, got into like middle school or high school, we would just stay up really late, wait until after midnight and open up presents so that way we could all just sleep you know, <laughs> sleep in the next day. Um, okay. But now that there are children again, um, we... So my niece, she gets to open up her Christmas at her house and then we have to wait for our Christmas until she gets here. Gotcha. So that way she opens up her presents here. Okay. Uh, Adam. So with my family, it's always been Christmas morning, and that's how it was. Uh, but now that I'm you know, married to Eddie, we go up to his mom's house for Christmas, and uh, what we've the tradition we've kind of done, and it's actually changed a bit this year, but we go up there on Christmas Eve after work, we do dinner, watch a movie, then do midnight mass with his family, and then when we get back from that, we open presents and go to bed. And then we wake up in the morning, do a breakfast thing, and then go see a movie theater movie the theater or something but this year uh she just uh i think she's having fa- other family fly in so she's like just come over on christmas day we'll do breakfast and then hang out and all that stuff so this year will be christmas day again yeah nice. cool and todd well i think my parents got with q's parents because it was always pajamas on christmas eve so that seems to be <laughs> yeah. a good idea um the tradition my wife and i've had for the past several years is we do the hogle zoo lights on christmas eve they've got the um zoo part of the zoo all done up in all sorts of lights with some of the animals out that can stand the snow and then christmas day our family tradition for years and years is we do um crepes so i've got a crepe maker i pull out about twice a year one randomly and one for Christmas Day where you make crepes and then you have, you know, fresh fruit, whipped cream, and you do that, and then the family gathers around, and then the afternoons I make it to my old man's house. And we do that sort of thing, too. But, yeah. Cool. 
Mm -hmm. um, when I was a kid, uh, we would my mom would always give us Christmas uh, pajamas on Christmas Eve. And then uh, Christmas morning, the rule was is that we could, we had a time like that we could get up and leave our room. We were basically like trapped in our room until a certain time. And then we could get up and we could go sit on the stairs and look at what Santa had brought us uh, <laughs> until my grandparents and my aunt had left their house and were started driving. And then we could open whatever was in the stockings until the relatives showed up. And then once the relatives showed up, we could unwrap everything else. That, that was okay, kind of what Okay, that's a little too structured. So, um, well, you know my mother. <laughs> get, I mean, <laughs> to get a little more detailed in my family. So, Christmas started at 6 a.m. Like, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. So, but, so we, as I said, we went over to a family friend's house. We usually got home by about 10.30, and then, you know, we had to go to bed. So, but, you know, we're little kids. We're excited about Christmas. I was usually up by 2. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we, so Santa n didn't wrap presents. Um, yeah, no. I, no. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but Santa didn't wrap presents. Um, mm -hmm. for he, he doesn't have time for that. My, my parents did, but um, Santa did not. So the whole thing was was to sneak downstairs to see to and, and the thing is that you would just flip the lights on real quick so you could see it and then and then you'd go back upstairs because you didn't want to get caught. Um, so that I mean that it's a long-standing tradition. So my little brother Wyatt, when he um, you know when we were really little, he literally would not go downstairs by himself ever. However, Christmas, that little kid would sneak. He was he, he he was into it. So as so as we got older, my dad started building barriers at the top of our stairs. So Brian's in, <laughs> Brian's in my house. We have, yeah. a, we have a split foyer. So mm -hmm. our our bedrooms are upstairs. So my dad would start building barriers at the top of the stairs. So um, Garrison, my older brother, he is a huge engineer. He's a big Lego guy. So he could look at it and know what pieces to remove in order for <laughs> Wyatt to be able to shimmy through, go downstairs, flip the lights on, and then come back up and report to us what was down there. <laughs> um, That's awesome. And I love so that. then in the mornings, we would all just sit in Kyle and Garrison's room talking about, so there was one year when we we all got like a Lego set. So I got like these wood elves and Kyle got pirates and why I got like the Pacific Islanders because that was a thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And so like we'd be planning out what exactly we were going to play once yeah. Christmas was ready. So that's what we did until six o'clock. Um, <laughs> so then my dad got smarter um, and decided that we were going to watch Aliens, the movie Aliens, <laughs> before we went to our friend's house. So that way, when it got to be dark, we would be too scared thinking that the aliens were going to get us <laughs> to go downstairs. However, that didn't work. We'd all forgotten about aliens by the time that, you know, we'd gotten home. And yeah, Santa kicks Christmas. aliens' ass. Yes. So, so just... Aliens is a very it's a Christmas time movie for me. That's so funny. <laughs> it, is, it is a family tradition that we watch Aliens. Um, so I watch White Christmas, Love Actually, and Aliens. Those are the three that movies that, that I absolutely have to watch at Christmas. Oh, and Mom and I also love Family Stone, but mostly Mom and I watch it like after Christmas, like in that time between Christmas and New Year's. Gotcha. Um, but um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, I mean, Christmas started at six a.m. So you did not go into mom and dad's room until after six a.m. But at any time before that, it was you got to sneak downstairs, turn on that light. So also, I got to tell this other story about Christmas because it's <laughs> really good. 
So there was one year, because my parents got so sick of us sneaking downstairs and seeing what we got for Christmas, that one year, there was nothing down there. And we were so shocked. We were like, oh, maybe mom and dad are just going to get up early and go down there and set everything up early. They didn't set it up the night before. So, we, you know, we went to mom and dad's room, wake them up at 6 o'clock, we come downstairs, and there was nothing. There was literally <laughs> nothing downstairs. And I actually was getting very upset. And then we saw a note in the window from Santa, which, by the way, if you if you guys ever you know know my mother, my mom has very distinct handwriting, yeah. especially her S's. So I immediately knew that it was my mom who wrote the note, but I was like, whatever, maybe Santa told her. Um, <laughs> but it was this note saying that we were so bad and sneaking <laughs> that he hid our presents throughout the house and that we had to find them. So like, <laughs> like there were like a, like like a few things in like some closets, but the main like the main stuff um, my parents put in the garage. So we like all of our presents were locked in the garage because um, like you know we we're all looking, we couldn't find them and we couldn't find them, and then like the garage door was locked. We we're like someone needs to find the key to the garage, um, and that's where all of our stuff <laughs> was that awesome. year. But yeah, my yeah my parents are fun. <laughs> It's the origin of the escape room. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Todd, I don't know if you remember uh, Eric Millward from uh, from uh, uh, Rogers Memorial. Yeah, he worked at a local theatrical supply company. Yeah, I worked at Oasis for a while. I don't know if they still yeah. exist or not, if he's still there. They do. I actually, when I got married, I stole a tradition from him. Um, he and his wife had a tradition that they would, uh, no matter what they got each other for Christmas, they would buy each other um, one toy, something to actually open and play with on Christmas. You know what I mean? So, like, okay, mm. you get the socks. You get, I mean, you're adults, you get that stuff. But yeah. So, Jess and I always try to get each other, like, a toy, something fun to play with as well. Um, that's one of the traditions we have. Um, that's well, a lot of fun. fun. We also, because of where we work, it's sometimes really hard for us to get Christmas off. So we pick a day before Christmas or after Christmas that we claim is our Christmas, and we take mm-hmm. that off. Which actually works kind of well. We did that for Thanksgiving as well, and it was actually kind of nice because you didn't feel like, even though you're working at the holiday, you didn't feel like you missed out because you'd already done yours. Um, which I know since Amy's dad was an airline pilot, I think she did something similar growing up as well. Yeah. Well, that's that's the one nice thing about where I work. That's that's the one day a year we are closed. Yeah. Mm. Um, that and Easter, the only two days we actually are closed. So... Uh, that's and with any working retail, it's never really a problem for that. But uh, my first job ever was Blockbuster, and like, do we? We would always, you know, the, being a manager over there, we would always. Uh, there were four of us, and so we'd always take shifts to make sure that the uh, our general manager, because <clears throat> they went with their grandkids and everything, um, it'd just be like a four-hour shift. But back in the day, Blockbuster would get freaking busy. On, yeah. On Christmas Day, everyone's coming in to get games for the new systems, getting you know, other DVDs for the new players. Or so. they've dealt with their family enough; they're like they're over it and they don't want to. Like, actually, that, that I have a question for uh, Todd and Adam because um, mm-hmm. I remember when I was younger. Um, Best like uh, after th- on Thanksgiving, like at the end of the day on Thanksgiving, the movie theaters were packed. It was like, and yeah. Christmas kind of the same way. It's like everyone was sick of their relatives. They're like, okay, fuck you all. We're just gonna go watch a movie, so we don't have to talk to each other for like at least an hour and a half. But I was wondering with because Black Friday wasn't as much of a thing, and especially not Black Friday shopping on on Thanksgiving wasn't as much of a thing back then. I was wondering if that's changed that at all, or if that's still a thing. Like it's still super busy at the movies. In Utah, on, on on Christmas it is. I see. I don't. You know, I'm busy. Yeah, you're mission. obviously busy doing things. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, we we always go see a movie with Eddie's family, mm-hmm. and it's always we go to the the Megaplex up in Ogden, mm-hmm. uh, by 25th Street, and it's always packed. I mean, there's been years we went. Um, we actually didn't get to see anything because everything was sold out. 
Uh, wow. But I think this year we're gonna we may not do it because um, well one I have seen everything and two I have <laughs> copies of the DVDs. So yeah. I'll just bring the DVDs over. <laughs> so th- this year um, we I mean it's it's a hit and miss thing with our family about going to see a movie the day after Christmas. Um, because sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But this year, we're we're definitely doing it because um, we're all waiting for them to go see Star Wars. Oh, okay, that'll be fun. Oh, I see that on Monday. Because yeah, we we usually do like because you know it was either like Lord of the like for the past few years, but like Lord of the Rings or a Star Wars movie or like you know one of those movies. Mm-hmm. A big franchise see. movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I was gonna say. So the other thing is that. Um, I'm. I've always been a big movie person, obviously, and um, so the big thing at Christmas is okay. So everybody opens up their stuff. We have um, lunch, dinner. So we treated it like it was a Sunday, mm-hmm. where uh, you know you have your your one like big meal, and then it was movie time. And so all the new movies that we got, um, you know, we just watched those for the rest of the day. See, yeah. I figured a little holiday cheer. I'm just curious of everyone's tradition, how how similar or different they are. Sure. Uh, cool. Um, I mean, I'm gonna say uh, I'll just dive in with sort of reviews. Uh, in general, I like it. I mean, it's it's um, there's some stuff that's good, some stuff that's bad, um, but like everything short is non-committal. It's you know you don't feel like you're stuck into a story you don't necessarily like, um, and it has a lot of great writers coming in and bringing in sometimes interesting thoughts. Sometimes it, it feels a little like I've I've heard the story before, um, but I would say overall it's a, it's a great concept for a book. Um, and and like Todd says, I mean it's a good bathroom reader or um, a good like hey I got like five seconds to read a book like when you don't have enough time to dive into a full trade or anything like that this is a i think a a fun little book and and also i think it's kind of a a a fun book for someone who's read a lot of batman um because there's a lot of little stories you don't necessarily get other places and a lot of little ideas that are explored that in a small sense that don't necessarily get explored on larger scales um because i think outside of deadpool i think in my comic book collection the most thing i have is batman like i have a lot of batman Mm. Um, uh, I don't think I mean and I, I still think I probably have more Batman books than I have Deadpool books but I mean, this is a fun addition to that collection because it's it is stuff that you don't necessarily see um, all the time like that so uh, I mean I, 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 I would vote yeah I think uh, I think you know if, if you're I mean I, I would say if you're a Batman fan in general I don't think it's necessarily something that if you not that anyone doesn't necessarily know who Batman is at this point in time, but I don't think it's necessarily a good like jumping off point for for Batman readers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is a if you've read a few Batman books, I think it is a it's a fun way of looking at it. It's potentially a fun way of discovering different writers and artists that you may not have been aware of their work before. You know, what I mean, it's a, it's a fun kind of gallery of, of different people's work that uh, you know you might say, hey, I like that guy's little story in Batman Black and White, or you know, it might be a hey, I love this guy's book. I wonder if he's done something for Batman Black and White, and you know, read a little something different yeah. that they might have done. So, I mean, I, I like it that way. I think it's very fun. So, thank you, Todd. I think it's a, a good recommendation. Uh, Q, do you want to go with your thoughts? Um, sure. Um, <laughs> I, I like some of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like most of it. Um, I, most, most of the reason I didn't like is I didn't like the art and, and a lot of the stories. Um, I'm, I, I, I like color um, <laughs> so I I think I think color really helps that mood and all kinds of other things about about characters and um, and when it's in black and white like this like it gets kind of confusing for me like I have to like 
if I have to look at it too hard, I, I don't care. It's another, um, a, a character, an artist who does do a lot of, a, a lot of books that I have read a lot, uh, Chris Bocciolo. I, I have to, like, look at his art for too long to figure out what the fuck is going on, and then I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Um... It, 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 I, you know, it's, it, it's like, a, it, if I, if I can't figure out what it is, then I'm just gonna move on and just be like, okay, it sounds good. Um, do I think there were some interesting stories? Yes, I, you know, I, I thought there were, there were some fun, interesting things. Um, I, you know, you were like, oh, you know, it's, it's not committal. I felt committed in this book. Like I felt, oh, really? like I definitely felt like, oh god, how many more stories are there in this thing? Like, geez. Um, but I mean, every so often you got a you know a fun little sparkly. You know, there I did like the the Bruce Tim one. I like the Neil Gaiman one. Um, there are a couple other ones that I like the the one about the the girl who had like the post traumatic stress disorder with the doll or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. That one was kind of interesting. Um, for for a Batman book, there was I mean I I guess you know they didn't really want to sort of dive into the you know all these. Authors wanted to be wanted to be didn't want to do any of the villains except for Bruce Tim and you know there's like that little bit of Joker in the other one but it was just kind of like that's not Batman book like can I just have like you know like I like I kind of wanted to be like the you know my favorite episode of Batman animated series they almost got him where they're mm-hmm. all telling like the you know their little stories of how they almost got Batman like I kind of yeah. wanted some some of that like I wanted you know a two minute story of Penguin I wanted a you know, a couple page issue of Catwoman or, you know, just something something a little more flair and like there was just lots of dark and dreary and gloom and I get it, it's a black and white, obviously that lends itself to that kind of mood um, and I do feel like a lot of the stuff got repetitious I felt like a lot of the authors were like oh, well no one does this, so I'm gonna do this and it's like, yeah, you all did that <laughs> thanks yeah um it, so I mean, and again, that's just that's just how I felt. Um, I'm also not gonna lie. We do read a lot of Batman on this podcast, we do. We and, I'm, and do. I'm kind of Batmaned out. Um, no, I, I don't and, blame and, you at all. You know, and I and, and I don't blame you guys if you know I'm I try to push so much you know classic comics on you guys, and that none of you seem to like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but I mean, but like, I just feel like yes, I get it. We read Batman. Yes, his parents died. Yes, he yeah. was dark and dreary. Yes, you know, like I just like, like that's what I felt like the whole time. Like, okay, I get it. It's like if whenever they do the solo Batman movie, if I have to watch a Batman origin story again, I'm just gonna walk out of that theater. I yeah. don't care if I don't care if they give me full on like like five second picture of of. Ben Affleck naked. I'm still walking out of that movie because I can find those images later on the internet. Like I, I, I'm just like I'm. I'm done. I get it. I get it, Batman. I understand that you're like so sad and whatever. Um, but you know, for the for those people who do like Batman, like you guys, it could be fun. There are some. There are some different and interesting concepts. There's, you know, it. it they are short little stories. Um, but again, I just wish that there was a little more variety. Like the one by the by the um, Japanese artist and um, and yeah, that one, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" 
what in the actual <laughs> fuck? Like, it, it, it wasn't linear. The art didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, it was trying to be, like, trippy about being, like, Batman's created a third personality. But it didn't explain any of it. It doesn't, none of it made sense. And I'm just like, listen, I've watched Akira. That movie doesn't make sense to me, but it made more sense than this bullshit. <laughs> um, I like but, Akira. I, I did too. I mean, I, I, I did too. Um, but anyway, um, you know, find the things you like in it. Don't, you know, skip over the, if the story starts to bore you, just skip it. You're not going to miss much. Um, oh, the, the one that I really did not like um, is the one about the the dad who throws the kitten that dies, and then Batman like tries to teach him a lesson or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it it was really heavy handed. The art just uh, it was obviously the style of the art. It, it was just very sloppy. The the um, I didn't like the 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 lettering. I felt like oh, what's the old comic Blondie. What's her husband's name? Dagwood. 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 Yeah, like it definitely felt like Dagwood and they're like, see look, wholesome Dagwood's even a child beater. Like, the, mm-hmm. And I was just like, ugh, whatever. Like, come on. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Anyway, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. So it, if we were doing like a five stars, I'd give this a, I'd give this a three. You know, okay. go, go for it if you think that you like Batman and, you know, a short little reads, but uh, I wouldn't get too excited about it. Um, useless side note, and Adam, you might appreciate this. Uh, Blondie is the uh, movie series with the most sequels. There are 28 sequels to the Blondie movie. Really? Yeah. Blondie is There's a movie? You, yeah, they made it's actually the first couple are fun. Um, I've, I watched one American movie classics, but like they're really, I mean, they're probably, I don't know, I have to look up how, how long ago they came out. Um, but they, they did like 28 sequels. I'm looking it up right now. Thank you, Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, 1938 to 1950. Yeah, they've mm. been a ton of them. And, yes, I know you're trying to raise money, Wikipedia. Thank you. Stop it. I um, gave them 10 bucks. I did it a few years ago. But, yeah, so they made a bunch of films. Let's see. One, two. Well, I won't count them up, but there's a ton. So, as far as I'm aware, it is the most sequels. Yep, 28 films. 28 films based on this movie. On the wow. series. See? Useless shit pulled right out of my head, kids. Um, <laughs> Adam, what are your uh, your thoughts on this? Um, you know, I, I I'll take a step back and you know disagree a bit with Q. Is that I I had a lot of fun with this. I mean, I like I like the fact that it showcases so many different types of talent and the art's different. And you know, like like you said, is the we all said is that oh hey, if you're not into a story, you know what, you can skip it, and two pages later you're into something new. And it's not as if you're gonna miss out on this overarching story or <clears throat> story arc that's you know trying to make a lot of sense, which can be fun. But every now and then, it's kind of nice to have little vignettes you can go and see stuff of. Um, I, I, I'm with him though. I think we we're reading a bit, but bit too much Batman. <laughs> I agree. I, I love I'm, Batman. I'm yeah. Yeah. No. No. And I'm not. I'm not talking crap. I love Batman. But we kind of we, we kind of got in that groove, and um, at, the, at least this one though, it was you kind of got to see all the different types of Batman. So you got to see, you know, like you mentioned, like the soap opera type one mm-hmm. with the Joker, and you got to see, you know. There were some stories he was barely in. Like I mentioned, the the trumpet that summoned the devil. Like he's only in like the last frame of that. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with it. I think it's uh, people who really want to have a wide experience of what Batman can be and how he's presented by so many different talented people. Uh, it's a great way to jump into, and I had a lot of fun reading it. So cool. Um, so yeah. So uh, 
my two New Year's resolutions then um, are uh, for the next year, no Innis books for uh, for Q, and uh, and we'll try to severely limit our Batman books to maybe one or two in the next year. Listen, if we do you know DC books and Batman happens to be in it, great. But like Batman books, yeah, shat. <laughs> I get, in a very wide world of comics, uh, there is lots more to be read than a lot. I mean, Batman books. There are great Batman books. And I think, to play devil's advocate, Batman is a big enough name and an, in, an interesting enough character that I think it draws a lot of interesting talent to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that there are some, more than other characters, I think there are consistently some more good Batman books. Um, there are some other characters out there that um, maybe one or two writers really gets them and does them really well, but there are a lot of other writers who don't get them well. Um, you know, And so I, I think you, you have a few more writers who are able to sink their teeth into Batman, which is why I think we end up getting a few more really good uh, pieces of work uh, coming from Batman books. But we just hold off for the good stuff. That's all that, that's all that needs to happen. It's not a biggie. Todd, would you like to finish us up with your thoughts on this book since you recommended it and all that fun stuff. Well, I did recommend it, so I think I like it a lot. So that's for sure. <laughs> so no matter what Q says, I like it a lot. Thank you, Q. Um, mm-hmm. With um, those, like once again, this is volume one. There's, uh, I think, there's four volumes total now. I've got the first three, and Hush was like the first comic book that I actually I remember picking that up at Hastings and falling in love with comics. I never read it as a younger person, just when I was in college when I started reading comics. Good grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and these, one of these followed a few years later, and it was a great gateway because, as Q remarked, or someone else here remarked there, the um, bios and all the authors and artists get a little bit aggrandizing. But it was a great way. It's like, you know, this is really interesting. I want to read more by such and such person. And even Neil Gaiman his was funny because it was like another day at the office at the soap opera store and Mm -hmm. I I did enjoy that so and once again it's a fun it's an easy read I probably read these about once a year just to go back again and it's just enjoyable I just have a good time with them so yeah I like them yeah Awesome. Uh, so that'll probably wrap up this week. Next week, um, we're jumping into our uh, January month, which we're kind of, uh, the, it's the first month of the year, and we're tr- sort of doing a theme of uh, firsts and beginnings and whatnot. And uh, we're starting off with a book that's sort of the beginning of the end uh, from, uh, what, roughly 1982 Q? Yeah. We are doing uh, The Infinity Gauntlet, which there's also a movie coming out in the near future. Actually, it's probably a little ways away. It's a couple years off at this point in time. Two years off, yeah. No, 2018. Next year we're getting uh, we're getting Guardians two and Thor Ragnarok and yeah. Spider Man. So not so not this year, but next year. But we got a we got an Infinity Gauntlet movie coming. Um, and so, uh, but uh, this is sort of a beginning of the end, sort of apocalypse kind of tale, um, which we have a, a couple of those, which we're probably going to be doing this uh, coming month uh, for our new beginnings and beginning of the ends and that kind of thing. But uh, Q, uh, have you read this before? Uh, Infinity Gauntlet. I yeah. Ha- so. I, I I just bought it, um, uh-huh. like the whole collection. I have singularly, I believe, issues one, two, three, and like eight. Okay. Um, ran- randomly. Um, but uh, pretty much Thanos gets the Infinity Gauntlet, kills half of the universe, and everybody who's left is trying to defeat him. Uh, 
Uh, for those of you who don't know, in the comic books at least, and we're waiting to see whether or not it's the same idea in the in the movies, is that um, Thanos is in love with death, and not just killing people, but the actual physical manifestation of death, who is a, uh, a female character in the Marvel Universe. And so he wants to impress her, so he gathers all the Infinity Gems, because they're known as gems in the comics, not stones. Ah. And um, he... Uh, uh, again, he kills half of the universe just on a whim. Just kills half the universe. And uh, he has his uh, allies around him who are Mephisto and Nebula, who is his granddaughter in the comic books. Um, Lady Death, uh, his brother Star Fox, and I want to say there's one more. Again, I don't have the book in front of me. And then um, a team of superheroes who are left um, gather together and uh, try to defeat him. And you know, it, it it does not end the way that you think it 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 does. Um, at least at first and. It's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty it's a pretty good book. I I enjoy it. Fantastic. There's a um there's a actually a really cool little uh, it's a two shot uh, comic called Thanos Quest that takes place like right before uh, mm-hmm. Infinity Gauntlet that shows how he actually got the Infinity Gems. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if you want to cover that as well or just do the, the Infinity Gauntlet, but that was a it's a really fun little story. I, I, um, I don't know if it I just don't know if it's included in the trade that we all yeah, just got. Yeah. It's not. It's a separate trade. Okay. Uh, we'll have to, we'll look at that. And we'll discuss it offline. But uh, if nothing else, we can read it as backstory and kind of bring it to you next week's episode. But uh, for anything, if you want to read along, uh, check out uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, which we will be reading uh, next week. Um, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. Um, anybody else have anything else? Nope. Go see La La Land. <laughs> Go see okay. La La Land. Apparently. Oh, we didn't do recommendations, did we? I'm sorry. I totally jumped ahead. Um, <laughs> Uh, so um, I will do my recommendation real fast. Um, if on a similar tone to this, if you want something that's sort of Batman oriented but uh, not necessarily uh, traditional storyline, um, I really like the the series um, uh, Gotham Central, which is sort of like Law and Order, where Batman shows up every once in a while. It's all the cops working the Gotham beat, dealing with you know all these crazed people, and then Batman eventually comes in and drops off some uh, uh, evidence or comes helps and solves a problem. I mean, like so, Batman's a character in it, but like very passingly like he sort of he stops in and does stuff so it's, it's kind of like how cops are dealing in gotham city while all this craziness is going on uh todd do you have a recommendation yeah i do um, this one's by grant morrison it's called claus it's kind of the origin story of santa claus and what he does outside of christmas day oh, so, okay. yeah it's kind of fun christmas time of the year but claus k-l-a-u-s k-l-a-u-s okay yeah. Cool. Uh, Q, do you have any recommendations? So I saw a show um, last week. Um, it's called God of Carnage. Uh, it's a straight mm. play. It's a very, like, at first I wasn't really into seeing it. Um, in fact, on my way there, I was like, mm, I'm going to see some questionable theater. Um, mm-hmm. But it's actually a very interesting show. They, um, it's about, so two kids get into a fight on the playground. Um, one of them is fairly seriously injured and um, the par- they're about 11 years old I believe and then the parents who don't know each other come together to sort of you know do the whole parent talk about you know well, what happened and you know 
what should they tell their kids and all of this stuff. And so uh, then alcohol is introduced, and obviously that's never a good idea. And um, it, it just it, it's very it's very real. Um, I actually had to. Um, Actually, like, hold myself back from, like, speaking out loud as though I was watching a television show. Yeah. Um, because you just get so mad. You're like, no, you're you're an idiot. You can't say that kind of shit. But anyway, it's, it, was, it, was, it was a good show. The, um, the people who put it on did a, a very quality performance. Fantastic. Um, and that leaves... Uh, Adam, do you have any recommendations? Um, like I said, just go go see La La Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, by this point, uh, we'll know if it's winning Best Picture or not. Uh, but also, it's, I'd say it's tied very close with the movie Arrival. Okay. Uh, which is, I think I think I might have talked about it before. It's one of the best... I mean, this has been a really good year for sci-fi. I mean, like this, we had Midnight Special. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And some of the great questions it answers, um, and some at least hanging at the end of the movie... Uh, it's very moving and very very heartfelt and one of the most human movies I've seen in a long time so uh, yeah those two those two right now are my favorite movies of the year uh, I've seen La La Land twice arrival a couple times now um, it's it's definitely one you gotta go see cool definitely and, and see arrival twice because the first time you're trying to kind of piece with Taylor what's going on and then the second time once you know what's, what's going to happen you'll pick up on things that you missed the first time it's definitely one that begs repeat viewings cool um but fantastic movie, so. Fantastico. Well, um, I know Adam needs to run, so um, I think uh, for the less anybody has anything else, uh, going once, going twice, uh, sold. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.